created live on Fireside. Hello. Hello there. It's two, 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 two today. Yeah, I've been getting correspondence about that the whole day. And can you believe it? Lickety split, Courtney is here. And we're listening to some subtle music in the background. This is Montevarius's Reminder. <laughs> I'm kidding, this is Doing It Sober Live. Welcome, everybody. My name is Chris Nell, an ever gorgeous Daniel Park beside me. How are you doing, Danny? I'm excited. I love Courtney. She's so fucking cool. Well, I've been reading up about her. We're going to have a lot of fun. And here she sits. Courtney, welcome. Yay! Uh, for our audiences, I've prepped a little something like a mini press kit. Let me get into that for you quickly. It's a mighty privilege to have someone who is, by osmosis, a preternatural all-rounder. It's always a personal pleasure of some note to see progress take various forms. Keyword being progress that very well takes precedence in today's guest. This figure of versatility has done it all. She's carved a figure of steel launched both fitness app and clothing line, and is also a first-time author. With the title boasting Crushing It, she tells her story about literally to fall, fight, and shine. With that said, make way Steffi Cohen, Ronda Rousey, and Gina Carano, Courtney Olsen is down. From the land that gave us John Laws, Kate Blanchett, and ACDC, please help us welcome Courtney Olsen. Yay! Wow. Well, Courtney, how are you? Hello, Great, thank you, Chris. That was I, I can't I can't pin your accent, but you have one of those sex phone operator voices that just makes you want. <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts very well, but if it was your voice, I would listen to it. So you might have a new subscriber here. Congratulations! Uh, That's why I wanted to work. Thank with you so much, cool. Because I like that. I like that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, the both of you. This is not about me. This is about Courtney. So, Court, to kick off, tell us about your story, how you ended up from literally falling, fighting, and then starting to shine, as I mentioned in the intro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, how long do we have? Um, I think I saw an hour. Is that right? Six yeah, minutes on the dot. Too much into your story, but you've got so many great nuggets that I always hear you say that, You've got so much good stuff, and I don't know how we can pack it into one hour, but, you know, we got to understand where you came from. You know, you had such a, a crazy past. So let's um, kind of see where you came from. Yeah, that's a, and, you know, so I, I say that jokingly because I, I do think it's a great story, and, you know, that's why it took me 10 years to write my damn book, but it wound up being probably 200 pages longer than it needed to be because, you know, I, I find that still the case as, an addict and an alcoholic, you know, I, I think my story is so good. And it's like, it's your story. Well, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think it's phenomenal and great for anybody who's just getting into recovery to be able to have all these additional pathways to connect and identify with. Cause you know, mm. and a half years ago, we didn't have, all these pathways and it was you know just the traditional ones and i mean they work 
for the most part, but they certainly didn't work for me for the first nine years. You know, I, I had to, <laughs> I had to do it different. <laughs> you know, because I'm so, and uh, I don't recommend that for anybody, but I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that. Uh, I suppose I'll take you back. So growing up, uh, I grew up in Northern California and a small town called, which is the opposite end of, you know, LA. And, um, I grew up in the rural country with a older brother, eight years older than me and a bunch of boys. So very, very much tomboy. Um, but a tomboy with big legs, unlike all of my friends and a parent who was an alcoholic and severely, severely sick. And, you know, of course, I always say this, but I always thought she was, or they were, I should say, <laughs> want to oust the person. But, you know, we're, we're good friends today and, and all as well. But um, they, you know, were perceived as a bad person who needed to get good as opposed to a sick person that needed to get well. And as a result, you know, I, I did the typical parents divorced around the age nine, you know, go and live with the alcoholic and um, attempt to lead a, a normal life as a kid, but that doesn't work out usually for us. And instead, you know, I started developing um, my isms, if you will, my inside of me's uh, roughly, you know, at the end of um, elementary school. So by the time I got to junior high, I was counting calories, right? Because what on the surface it looked like was uh, poor body image. I mean, poor is an understatement. You know, I, I would call it more like crippling. And, you know, I don't look at anyone, but I just turned 40, bitch. And uh, <laughs> when I was... <laughs> You're 20 years old with 20 years life experience. I, uh, growing up in the time of Kate Moss, you know, and I remember... Oh, yeah. Uh, seeing her in a magazine and it was like she, I think she was 16 or 17 and her Calvin Klein ad and she was standing on one foot with the other foot in like a, a flamingo and her collarbones were sticking out and I just knew that that was what was considered beautiful and that's what I was going to look like and you know her legs are like the size of my forearm and that was never going to work out so mm. Yeah, by the time I got to high school, you know, um, full-blown disorder, and on the outside, though, very well put together, right? Super scholastic, um, excelling everywhere, and then by the time I got to my senior year of high school, that turned into methamphetamines. You know, as the ASB president, captain of the cheerleading team, started the first girls golf team in a Christian rock band, um, yeah, all these amazing things happening, yet here I am smoking meth because I was so, I can laugh now, and that's the beauty of us recovering, right? Of Is, course. Yeah, and eventually, you know, I, I, without getting too sidetracked, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, um, a business colleague of mine was sharing a story about her ex-lover who came to visit her in Germany, and he just fell off of the bar stool backwards and almost cut his finger off. This was during the holidays at Christmas time and she was so perplexed and I just me and another alcoholic friend were just laughing our ass off you know because we were like oh, and she was really upset you know she was she had tears in her eyes and here my friend and I are just pissing ourselves laughing you know and that's the beauty though of this thing is that we get to 
to recover, you know, we're recovered and we get to look back and laugh at this shit, you know, cause is it funny that, you know, I'm a senior in high school. <laughs> Sorry, I'm holding. <laughs> I felt like that was important to point out. If you're new and you're listening and you're like, what is wrong with these people? You know, know that you too will eventually get to this stage where you get to look back and say, I am so grateful for all this shit. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for this hot mess that was my life. Now, oh yeah, say that again, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not going to say one damn word further. <laughs> oh my God. I'm oh like yeah. <laughs> but tell me something quickly, Courtney. You started um, athlete, your athletics career uh, more or less in the more or less in the cut out. Can I speak? Yeah. <laughs> Just making dearly sure. <laughs> you started your athletics career more or less about the time that you were still in active addiction, approaching the end. Uh, and entering sobriety. Am I, have I got that right or am I a little off you there? Yes. Basically, what happened was, is, you know, I got to the end of my senior year and a teacher said, you know, okay, well, what have you been doing? You've, you're either drinking and you, you become quite alcoholic or you're smoking meth, which is it. Mm -hmm. And of course, I told him, well, if he wants to tell your parents or do you want to see a drug counselor? <laughs> so I want to see a drug counselor. When I saw the drug counselor, he said, okay, why'd you do it? And I said, because I wanted to be skinny. And he said, okay, I've got the perfect um, solution. I've got a, you know, a boxing um, Golden Gloves former champion who is a heroin addict and he's married to a nun. What could possibly go wrong? I went and, uh, you know, and, and as a 17-year-old girl uh, who had three days clean, you know, because I didn't start my drinking career until a year, well, about six months after this event happened. And um, this man who was supposed to be my mentor, who was 72 at the time, totally took advantage of me and said, hey, I want to make you my next prize fighter before you retire, or before I retire, come over to my house, we'll order some equipment, watch some tapes. Yes, this was back in the times of uh, VHS. And um, I went over there and he had given me a drink and uh, uh, joint and at that point I hadn't smoked any pot and um, it was laced with something else and I woke up and, you know I, I know I, I'm not a, a big believer in trigger warnings because life has no trigger warning you know but for anybody yeah. Yeah. Um, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up but yeah I woke up and this man was inside of me and from that point yeah I was uh, just a hot mess you know this person never tried to contact me because after i you know came to got him off of me um but i had a pager back then i don't know if you two can remember those but i had a pager never paged me never called and you know just even be like don't tell anybody so i built this story up in my head that it was my fault and then i led this man on and you know so on and so forth always the premise and you know that might have even been case because growing up uh with an alcoholic parent you know in my experience i became a ridiculous people pleaser and you know, overly flirtatious and had no capability of saying no 
you know, I could hardly even get those two words or those, yeah, those two letters out of my mouth. So that incident is what spawned my alcoholism. So I went off to college at Sonoma State and stepped straight into alcoholism, you know, put one thing down, not realizing that I was just substituting one addiction for another and turned out to be a blackout drinker straight away. And I got KO tattooed under, you can't see it so well now because of Prince. Prince's hair is kind of covering it up, but I held on to the outline subtly. Yeah. My initials, well, as I, despite the trauma that I had experienced, I don't say suffer now because I've walked through that and I don't see myself as a victim, but a victor. But uh, I, I still wanted to live that life and that became my alter ego. So that was KO. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be world champion boxer because I really thought that that was my purpose, you know, and that's why I had spent that year suffering and threw away all my scholarships and, and so forth my senior year. So um, I kind of continued down that path and, you know, did some various boxing. And um, by the time uh, my sophomore year rolled around, I was a full-blown alcoholic, um, had wrecked my third Honda. I've wrecked five in total, so still standing. Definitely can can get behind uh, the safety certificate of a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a consumer vehicle. You can never go wrong with Honda. Right, that's great. So, you know, by time I turned twenty one, I had a, I dropped out. I I did two years of college, um, but I had the harsh realization that I wasn't where I was supposed to be, and I was meant to be the first female president of the United States of America. And here I am sitting in a meth cook's house with a gallon of um, Carlos Rossi in between my legs, you know? Okay. So I ended up getting off to rehab and even after rehab, I had 90 days clean and sober. And my cousin was like, Courtney's doing so well. She deserves a drink. And then of course, <laughs> I offer another beer. <laughs> back, on, back on pipe, you know, so it was just this vicious circle. So even though I had been introduced to the rooms, I still, could not accept the fact because, you know, I was young, grr, you know, and, um, I, I knew I didn't want to die, but I also did not want to accept that this was going to be my life, you know? So I went back and forth for another several years. And then this last time around, I got into bodybuilding as a way out, you know, as, as a new obsession, if you will. And it worked for a short period of time. I unfortunately hurt my back and then got addicted to pain pills. <laughs> so, Shit. because that wasn't my problem, right? It was just meth and drinking. <laughs> and my name was on the bottle, so it was fine. <laughs> and I did, oh, <laughs> even though I was competitively bodybuilding. And that's what, you know, the, the point I, I really wanted to make in my book as well is for people to realize that our mental health is not a reflection of what we look like on the outside. You know, on the outside, just like I did my senior year of high school, it was very well put together. And, you know, I mean, I was ripped. You know, I had an eight pack and, you know, you'd think that I was fine, but here I am chewing up eight Norco at a time, right? So I eventually, uh, June 14th, 2010, got my together. And for the, the final time, I said, okay, 
I surrender. You know, and that's when I really sunk my teeth into uh, the fellowship and the traditional path of, you know, 12 step meetings. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was out in Australia and, you know, um, it, it's a interesting part of the story, but I, at the same time had discovered, you know, arm wrestling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, um, this new interesting world where I get paid several hundred dollars an hour to arm wrestle men and to pick them up and carry them around. (laughs) I spent my whole life thinking that beauty was Kate Moss, you know, and then stumbled into this world subsequently when I got sober where I was being offered, you know, three, four hundred dollars an hour to just simply demonstrate my strength. In a world where none of these men carried cared about any form of cellulite or dimples or, you know, all these stupid, quote unquote, imperfections and flaws that I saw in myself, like it was non-existent to them. And I got paid a shitload of money. It was just super bizarre. So anyway, <laughs> I actually met my husband while I was on tour in Australia wrestling and we got married four months later and one of my, and he's English. Right. Yeah, it was wild, and one of my first sponsor that I actually liked, right, because in the early days, everyone's like, let me be your temporary sponsor, and I was like, fuck off, you have nothing that I want, you know, and I would just <laughs> run right out of Australia, <laughs> and she's this sassy Latina from San Francisco, but, you know, really, she's from um, South America, and she's like, this is so fucking stupid, we're in a basement on a Saturday night drinking you know, instant coffee with a bunch of strangers. And I was like, that. <laughs> and I ran up to her and I was like, will you be my sponsor? And she was like, yeah, bitch, what day are you on? You know, and I was just like, oh my. <laughs> and oh, it's so true though. <laughs> I told her I got married four months with my husband. She was like, that's the most alcoholic shit I've ever heard in my life. And I was so pissed off. I was like, how dare you? You don't know me, you know? But then, of course, in hindsight, I was like, yeah, that was pretty alcoholic, hey. So, fortunately, it worked out. And I do believe that my higher power, you know, and if you're struggling with the God thing and you're in early days, look, I did the same thing, you know, coming from the Christian rock background because I was a born-again Christian. I wasn't raised Christian. The river and shit, you know, it's hard to go back to that and be like after you've smoked meth and you know you've got a hit list of like over a hundred dudes and some women in there of your you know your sex inventory and all the rest of the weird shit we did when we're using and drinking you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm like that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that doesn't feel right I'm out bye you know so <laughs> with the God situation you know and today it's uh, evolved into this wonderful thing. I still don't know who I'm praying to or, you know, what it looks like. Sometimes I imagine it's like a race of aliens for all I fucking know. You know, I don't know. I just know there is a God and I am not it. Right. And that works for me. Today. So, um, but I do believe that this power, you know, um, brought my husband into my life for this divine intervention because collectively we've been able to create so much change in the world right so um absolutely 
was the CEO of a national rugby team. And I came on as an assistant strength training coach as a volunteer for like the under 20 team. And a reporter found out that, you know, I had some, um, uh, oh, how should I put it? Racy photos on the internet from my past, right? And I mean, you know, there's a pad in here even. Like, it's, I got a double A and an A cup. I'm not working with much. You know, I wasn't too worried and I'm not that worried about it now. But, this reporter went and dug through my Facebook and um, found my clip store. Not C-L-I-T, just for... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> C-L-I-P, clip uh, uh, video store. And <laughs> my leg to arm wrestling men and making fun of them for losing to picking guys up and carrying them around. As I said, there's, you know, it's sexual content, but it's not nude or sex do you know what i'm saying overtly right. sexual right yeah. so, well, i mean they, they they allow that shit to get on youtube so what's the big fucking deal <laughs> you know it's like oh i just it, it's hysterical women can never do anything right you know we're either being too slutty or we're too boring you know as the green m&m <laughs> but whap at halftime like oh forget about it you're all sluts now it's like well what do you want okay yeah. do you want being on your Russian friends over in the corner, or do you want us with a bonnet on? And, you know, like, what is this? Hands and handmaids tie your Russian But because of the association, this journalist wrote a, a headline and had me on the front page of the newspaper and they picked photos off my Facebook and the, the way they just piecemealed it together, it was absurd, but it allowed me to understand how powerful the media is. This headline... Is this the Herald? Um, yes, actually. Uh, it's a Gold Coast Bulletin, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. So that would be... Yeah, one of yeah. I, in fact, I remember Kevin Rudd actually um, calling him a malignant cancer when he was still Prime Minister, and it actually cost him his uh, Prime Minister position. Neil Mitchell fried him because of it. Wow. I remember that story so well. And I mean, they're competing with the Sydney Morning Herald, and, um, you know, sex sells, sadly, and they'll even put it on the front page. That's terrible. And, and that's so the crap about tabloid journalism. They don't realize how many lives they're destroying in the process. I used to critique them so much on the radio. Are the way that you are. Cut it. We're back to going back to your story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Courtney. I'm pulling your leg. Yeah, you. Uh, so, yeah, the, it, it read CEO hires ex fetish porn star wife to train the under 20s. And it was me looking raunchy. They had this little slutty photo of me in a schoolgirl outfit. I mean, it was, they did an amazing job. And what happened was that they did an amazing job. Around the world. So it was in Denmark, the UK, India, New Zealand. And what blew my mind was that a year prior, an, an all blacks rugby player, this is a different league because my husband's team was in rugby league, not rugby union. 
but an uh, all blacks player married like a proper porn star and the whole country is like high-fiving him right like great job i remember that story my husband you know brings me on and the journalist went into you know she's a alcoholic and an addict and sexual assault and horrific life choices and just portrayed me as this dirty trashy piece of shit woman that you know had no business teaching 18 year olds and under and like made me sound like a fucking pedophile <laughs> so like, recovery i can laugh at this shit at the yeah. time so i only had um what three years clean and sober maybe Maybe not even that. I can't remember exactly. It might have been two and a half. But fortunately, you know, I had just finished up nine. You know, I um, was doing work on myself. So I was like, fuck you. You can call me a sheep fucker for all, all I care. I know at the end of the day, I put my head on my pillow. I know that I have not fucked any sheep, right? I know who I am, where I'm going, how I'm getting there, who's coming with me. You know, all this kind of thing. So it didn't bother me that bad. But here's the kicker. The day before this story broke, I had applied with Big Brother Big Sister because I wanted to mentor a teenage girl. Like, great. I was doing this job in a misogynistic country, right? It's still very much a boy's country back 10 years ago. And um, in, in doing a, a male job or, you know, as a woman in a, a male-dominated industry. and um, there was still something missing, you know, like deep down, I knew I wanted to share my story with a younger girl. So she didn't make the same mistakes that I did. And, you know, like, here's what alcoholism and addiction is and how to say no and feel good about it. You know, these kinds of things. And then the story broke. And then I forgot all about the application, except for they called me in January after the country, you know, somewhat reopened. They take like three weeks off out there around Christmas. They're like, hey, Courtney, we got your application. I was like, oh, yeah, hi, great. And they said, like, look, look at your website, love what you're doing. Unfortunately, we can't work with you because of what's going on in media. And that's when it really came crashing down on me. And I was like, and ripped my heart out with a fork and just stabbed that shit multiple times. And I sat there and sobbed, you know, for a good solid 10 minutes of, <laughs> like, just gut-wrenching sobbing for me and um after about 10 minutes i had a god shot and it was like a wet washcloth as i say it was like bap, just slapped me right in the face and the words no appeared across my mind i was like no and i was like you know what fuck that i'm gonna start my own program ran by people who've been there and done that and not just talk the talk but walk the walk and at that point moving forward i sat at my kitchen table for nine months and essentially put together a two-day, two-night wellness retreat for teenage girls called Camp Confidence at, with wow. a K, like Courtney, because it was different, because I'm so different. And Love it. By God, you know, me too. It was amazing, you guys. We had 62 graduates come through, and, you know, a lot of it, right, so it's called KK, very similar to AA. So a lot of the, you know, I brought a lot of the same principles over. And, you know, we don't talk about politics or religion. You know, we have one common bond that unites us. And it's this mission to create this sisterhood because united we stand, divided we fall. And this is why we make 71 cents to a man's dollar. All these types of things, right? That these girls just didn't have a clue about talking about Malala, you know, and, um, you know, getting shot in the forehead for not getting off the bus. 
by the Taliban. Be like, look, you little shits get to go to school. You get to have an education. And showing them the trailer of the movie, um, the stoning of Soraya M. You know, like uh, a, I can't watch that movie. Right, but you show the shit big time, and you're like, "Listen here, you little bitch," and they're just like, "Oh my god!" And by this point, you know, I've built so much rapport; they'd do anything I'd say. And I had such a great team, and these girls come in actively cutting themselves and in, you know, eating disorders and just severely bullied, and they'd leave with ten new best friends. And, you know, we had the Saturday night, if you knew me, then you'd know, like, so circle sharing, and then they would sit there and counsel each other. It was just brilliant, you know, but to find out working with 10 teenage girls every other weekend in the tiny corner of Australia is very arduous and costly. <laughs> so <laughs> my husband let me, you know, just run wild, essentially, and I have no business background and I just was like a big heart on wheels, if you will. And after, you know, almost two years, one of my partners got pregnant and in the downtime, he said, why don't you take the same vision and mission and roll that into a clothing line, you know, and it, it'd be the same message. And that's essentially what we did. And, um, it, you know, is, is today now girl has become camp confidence and, you know, what I tell people is, um, I like to say goals, not controls. And, you know, this is essentially stuff that comes straight from the program, right? It's like a step three. It, it's turning our will over and saying, okay, you know, let me focus on the big overarching goal and not all the little tiny controls, you know, like what's the logo look like? What's the fucking color? like no okay well i don't know if it's camp confidence or girl or what but the overarching goal is to create a global sisterhood and teach the tools of self-love and acceptance to women and girls you know like boom there you go and by letting go self-identity i was like oh shit i felt like i was failing right so after like our second year of running these camps i was like oh my god obama hasn't fucking called me this is bullshit you know, I was so big. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of ego, maybe. Slightly <laughs> out of control, you know? Well, a government country. grant can't hurt. Right? Right? Especially out in another we just need a We just need a couple of thousand. We're just doing it for a good cause. You can write it off as a tax rebate. <laughs> no problem. No. So, uh, you know, realizing that there is a bigger job to do and, you know, again, turning it over and, and sharing that message now on a broader scale with everybody and saying like, look, you know, and that's what I'm so grateful for from 12 step recovery. And, you know, there's no wrong way to recover. I, and I'm realizing now, you know, because of social media, there are a lot of different avenues, you know, and at first I got a lot of the uppity about it and I'm like, sober coach what the fuck this shit should be free like get out of here with your you know and then it's just i was like courtney you know uh, you don't get to that's your shit you know and then even considered becoming a sober coach like so it's just hysterical to see you know how i've navigated through um the sober waters if you will and and you know seeing how everybody else is recovered and whether it's smart recovery or 
you know, whatever works for people. There are people who find CrossFit and they are true alcoholics, but they can manage to submerge themselves into CrossFit and still live a happy life and, and not work the steps, you know, or get involved in. So there's no wrong way, right? But for me, in my experience, I have so much respect for the 12 steps and the 12 traditions just to see how, you know, it has truly transformed and transcended world religions and politics and we are truly global and a part of this fraternity and sorority but without the alcohol you know and that is me a lot so, and just to be like shit you know i i coming from that place of you know we always hear them people like hi i'm courtney I'm sober grateful recovered alcoholic it's like oh shut the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and then to be in that position today and even though look my life is still completely unmanageable most days right i i you can call me a workaholic i don't know you know i'm i the desire to drink and and drug is more or less left me except you know being a small business owner throughout this pandemic and in a super cutthroat industry i have had my sobriety tested time and time again over the last couple of years and coming into that beautiful age as women do where you're perimenopause and i also have graves disease as i believe a direct result from the amount of drugs i've used as a young person um is a thyroid condition and these two are intertwined you know and hormones play such a huge role in our life as women you know so from ages 35 through 50 or 55 there's so much shit that can be going on hormonally and we can't separate whether that's, you know, mental health or, you know, um, depression or because it causes so much anxiety and upheaval in my experience, you know, I, I didn't sleep for the entire month of January. Basically, um, I slept three hours a night on average, you know, due to stress, but it triggered something with my thyroid. And, um, you know, there are moments where I'm like, holy shit, if I just had three shots right now, I'd be done. I could sleep. Um, but the, the program has taught me how to pause, even though I barely paused this whole last 35 minutes. But I get to pause now, play that tape the whole way through and be like, oh, yeah, I remember what happened the last time I attempted to do this over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. So. Mm. That's why it's so awesome that you guys are, are doing this service. And, you know, when, when you asked, I was like, hell yeah. The, the more I can share this with people, because I, I truly believe that, you know, we're coming into an age where it has become a movement and it's not just a hashtag. And there's so many people out there like yourselves and, you know, people that are specifically targeting this topic and in, in mainstream media, you know, normalizing mommy culture, drinking wine and the commercial and you know how there have been authors who've just been like, this is bullshit. And the activists who just like swooped in and were like dropping bombs of comments on, can't remember the brand uh, and what exactly it even was, but it was just remarkable. Yeah. I know. Um, I want to say it was a tequila or maybe it was a orange juice brand or something, but they had a commercial where like mom was going into the closet and drinking mimosa thing. 
Well, yeah, here's like, another yeah. prime example. I mean, in 2021, there was a great film made called Crisis, starring Gary Oldman, Army Hammer, Evangeline Lilly, and Greg Kinnear. The whole focus was about addiction. A fictional story <clears throat> centered on the, the doings and the screwings of Big Pharma, a new product that's now about to come onto the market. Uh, the big media uh, or big pharmaceutical company that wants to make money out of this new product. Gary Oldman finds out that it's more detrimental than more than what it's doing good. And just a whole Pandora's box opens. Uh, this was in the heart of the pandemic, so they released it on Netflix, made a crap amount of money. But what happens? The film's reputation got diminished when Army Hammer supposedly engaged in cannibalism. Somewhere, something, somehow, there's a snake in the grass. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I, I do recall seeing that out there now, and I do remember that whole situation. Yeah. So it's, that's really interesting, isn't it? It is. Big it really time. is. There's yeah. big money in this, in this world of addiction, and they're yeah. using the media to kill it, and that's why I've been such an incendiary critic about it ever since I retired from the business. because. Recovery is not just a movement. Yes, we have gotten a whole lot more visibility in the past few years, but now it's starting to become a message of importance. And it's a message that if we can't get it traditionally, we'll do it independently. That's why we have this platform. But in the same sentence, you've got to think to yourself, why isn't big corps not willing to share the opposite side. If they can advertise booze, if they can advertise condoms for that matter, why can't we have our platform? Because number one, they can't make money out of it, meaning that we have to pay them to spread the message and the message is free, number one. And number two, it's not going to attract any sponsors, corporate sponsors. So if it doesn't have a price tag, out the door you go, Sonny Jim. But Make a film like that based on a true story, smudge it by hook or by crook, get it discredited, and everything goes back to normal. I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist. It's just a pattern. I got it. Chris, when I first got sober, instead of diving into the program, I went down the YouTube conspiracy rabbit hole for 12 oh, no. months. And eight hours. All this QAnon shit. You know, today I'm like, where were you guys 12 years ago? Like, come on. <laughs> so it was quite funny. Like, I, you know, my husband would come home and I'd be like, oh my God, do you know who David Icky is? And he's like, who? David Ike. I didn't know how to say his name. <laughs> you know, so it just cracks me up. Who believes the world has been invaded by lizard people? He's been uh, seeing V far too many times. And. You know, I actually listened to him lecture all day. Uh, it was about 2016, right? Because when I first heard his stuff, I was like, oh, my God, there's just no way I can wrap my brain around that. And it got me, I used to get myself so worked up. I gave myself a cold sore, you know, like I want to stand on the corner and be like, don't drink fucking fluoride. It's going to, you know. <laughs> third eye and shit, you know. Where's the most obvious place to hide something? Right in plain sight. Like I was, yeah. I was, cancel there for a while. You know, if you go back and look at my Facebook 
Facebook post, you're like, whoa, this bitch is off her rocker. You know, and then once, <laughs> once I got into Camp Confidence and had a new obsession, you know, I, I put all that stuff down. But it's funny how over the past couple of years, it has really drummed up some of that um, uneasiness and lack of control. Because I'm like, well, shit, I, who knows? Who fucking knows if Biden's drinking baby blood? I don't know. But all I do know is that I have no control over it. And it's not going to cause me. Surely. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, everybody's tripping on it. You know, there's so many different things and each side has their. But, you know, the the eight go back, going back to the program thing. I mean, without that, I was talking to my mom the other day and um, I was trying to explain to her, you know. Alternative ways to deal with things. And I said, I would not be able to handle these things if it wasn't for AA. I, you know, they taught me how to live. And I hear you talk a lot. And a lot of the stuff is a, a lot of the stuff that I have heard and, and, but in action, you know, if you have to do it in action. Right. Um, and I just, I just kind of trip on the whole, it's like this miracle thing. I, I can't really explain it, but you know what I'm talking about. Like the miracles, like now you can see why this happened, why you were on this newspaper. You know, it brought you to rebel and start girl, you know, and help all these people. And, you know, it, it's just amazing. I look back all the time on situations and go, oh my God, that's why I'm selling copier machines. I met my husband <laughs> and I never met a decent <laughs> man in my life, you know? so. Okay, I'll sell copiers if I'm going to meet the man of my dreams. You know, it's it's amazing the you know the the miracles that we never expect. That's why I love that saying, "Expect miracle," because yeah. it's you know every day. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. Though. It really. Oh my God, does it does it ever? You know, I'm just talking to a newcomer now who's you know on like day five, just continually keeps picking up and you know has a background as an uh, escort and so he's used to making you know a lot of money and now is working like minimum wage as a server yeah. he's like oh this is so humbling this is so ridiculous and why is this happening and i'm like just keep showing up <laughs> it'll all make sense yeah somewhere yeah. on track probably not today probably not tomorrow but you know it'll all work itself out you just just have to be willing and have an open mind you know so yeah you're exactly right expect miracles because all of that stuff is exactly what has brought me to where i am today even though at the time it was brutal and looked looked horrific you know but as we walk through the ashes you know we have these tools to to get us through and to deal with life and it's fucking free which is absurd like we have this free self-help program and you know we get to we get to we don't have to and that has changed uh, a, a lot for me as well is, is really refocusing my language around saying things like you know I, I get to do this i don't have to do shit you know as we say like your misery is gladly refunded at the door bitch Go back out tomorrow. We don't give a shit. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's 
remarkable and you know today i'm 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 no idea what god has in store for me next you know but i i do know that is a constant and you hear old timers say all the time that's like a peeling of the onion you're like oh shut the fuck up again (laughs) you know but it's true right so now i'm like okay interesting this person's been put into my life to make me realize that i'm still severely um codependent and what do i need to work on next and well, clearly my ego is still out of control and how, what can I do? So, you know, I'll get to look at, um, I'm doing a, a leadership program in April called Choice Leadership. And I've um, become a Site K master facilitator, which is kind of like NLP on steroids, you know, and understanding the power of the subconscious mind and beliefs and how beliefs control everything, you know. So whether alcoholism and addiction is learned behavior or hereditary, you know, don't know, but learning how powerful this this subconscious mind is, and being able to work with people in in various modalities and stuff now is is in my new calling. You know, and being able to show people that you actually have unlimited potential as human beings. It's just this that limits us. You know, that shit's true. Like the Matrix, <laughs> that's full on. That's legit. Like you know, a direct reflection of, I believe, what we're experiencing. So, yeah. you know, it's just keep an open mind and continue to, to do stuff like this and be grateful for the opportunity and, you know, just see what happens next. You know, like I, my husband messaged me, he's out in Australia. He's like, oh, Russia's invaded uh, Ukraine. Can you come home? And I'm like, I am home, hun. <laughs> 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 reward but like yeah that's you know and i even said something to my social media girl i was like hey if we end up going to war with russia let's get fucking hammered and i laughed i'm like no it's fine i'm just kidding i'm only getting hammered if something comes out from the sky and that's like no matter what because then i'll just try and fight you know i just turn into like a vicious super cunt Excuse, I know that word is, you know, forbidden over here um, in the U.S. But anyway, uh, I, I just do everything that I can to not pick up today. And again, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to share my story with you guys. Well, Courtney, you speak with such invigorating street language that people can relate to. You're like the female opposite of Jack Kerouac, the beat poet. Uh, if I had some I would say repeat what you just said back to me, but I was so in awe. What did you say? Something about street. I don't know. It was beautiful and brilliant. So thank you. <laughs> it's only a pleasure. Look at you now. Look at where you started and look what you've gotten today. Correct. You know, a good friend of mine, wow. he's also involved in recovery work in the state of Wyoming, Marty Evans. More, more or less the same path that you have walked in and out of prison and he never thought he would make something of himself. Now, a successful businessman left and right and the one statement that he keeps on saying to other people, look at me now. Yeah. Would you more or less say that would be your statement in a similar context? Are you going to have to look it up? Marty, what was it? Marty Evans. I'll send you his uh, credentials. That's how this thing works, right? It's like, I don't know, Marty, but I want to. And when we meet 
it's like we automatically are friends, right? Even if we like didn't like each other, because that's what we say in the rooms, right? We're like, ah, we don't have to like each other, but we love each other. And that is what is so brilliant. So for anybody that's new, who's listening, who you're like, oh, this sucks and my life sucks. And yeah, that's probably possibly true. But when you get down to it, I know a lot of, not a ton, but I know quite a few really rich people who are miserable. You know, they're super lonely. And this program and our fellowship is something that money cannot buy. You know, to be able to have that immediate identification with somebody and be like, bitch, I know you like the back of my hand and you know me and I don't have to explain to you. You don't have to explain to me, but if you're on your ass and needed to crash on my couch, you know, we got it like that. And that's, what's amazing about this is we get to get to do this thing. You know, there's literally no thought, just pull in pal, pull in. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody really, Nobody else out there can really say that, you know, and, and that's what is so cool about this our program and how it is Absolutely. every other 12-step program out there, you know, and, and just so much respect, so and much respect. Bringing it, you know, using it with other people, you know, just yeah. in the world. It's, it's yeah. so, it helps so much because we lived in such a messed up, <laughs> we live in such a messed up place. I mean, I don't know how I would get through it if I didn't have these tools, let alone take a drink or a drug. I mean, come on. But um, Courtney, we really, really appreciate you coming. I absolutely adore you. I always look to you for inspiration. I am not an internet person. I don't like to scroll. Once in a while, if it's animals and stuff, I'm just not one to watch. The only one I'll look at is you because <laughs> it's worth my time, you know? <laughs> and um, you know, I, I have your book and I, I've gone through a bunch of different chapters that I thought I would be interested in. Cause I like to listen. You got to do an audio book. List of lists somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not an easy thing to do an audio book. I heard. Um, and I just, you've talked about your, your book. You took you 10 years. It's taking me 10 years and I still haven't even gotten past chapter two. It's really hard to go back into those stories and those situations that were just so demented and so messed up. And it's not even about telling people it's having to re not even relive it. Cause I don't, I'm not ashamed of my past whatsoever. I just, it's a, task to have to write it all down and to to kind of go through it and think about everything that was happening at the time what was i wearing and what what was the how did i feel and it's a really tough thing to do to write a book it's not easy so thank you uh your book can be found at amazon and uh right (laughs) Yeah. yeah Amazon, you know, and I decided to go the self-publisher out because, you know, when the pandemic hit, the publishing industry just shot the bed. And um, I thought, you know, it takes two to three years when you get a book deal anyway. And I was like, well, I don't really want to wait two to three years anyway. And it'll, it's God's will, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's work. You know, I'm not, am I excited about, about Amazon? No, absolutely not. It shits mm. me right off. Whatever. It is what it is, and I'll be excited to. Yeah, it's it's served a purpose and has helped a lot of people, and it definitely is um, quite a wild ride for sure. 
But that also why I recommend people in early recovery, if you start writing, you know, because I started writing this when I got sober, because I thought my story start, stopped when I got into the muscle fetish industry, because I wanted to just tell women, hey, did you know there's some guy out there that'll pay you $400 an hour just to worship your calf muscles? And she, oh, I just left the house thinking my calves were fat, because I couldn't get boots over my 18-inch fucking calves. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But come to find out my story was really just getting started, but I had so much content from 10 years ago that it, it helped. And, you know, plus being a full, full on blackout drinker mm. completely. And I mean, how the fuck I managed to stay out of prison and not kill anybody aside myself is mind boggling. And to think that I could wake up on any given day and still be ungrateful you know, for the life that I have today is beyond mind boggling to me because, you know, I just heard somebody talking about their cousin earlier today, you know, that has an addiction and now they're gone to prison for uh, driving well under the influence. Um, and that was literally me on a daily basis for nine years. And it's like, how, how do you, you know, and that's the insanity of this dis-ease, this opposite of ease. It's not a crusty penis that's about to fall off. As I say, you're like, oh my god, I have a disease. Oh no! It's like, no, calm down, bitch. It's just this ease. It's fine. You're gonna be fine. No crusty penis that's about to fall off. You know. So to get to that point and be all is well. You know, we we recover and we do amazing and remarkable things. And it's simply, you know, just is what it is. I can't drink like normal people or recreationally drugs because I turn into a psycho bitch. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what I love about uh, end, and from my end as well, uh, Courtney, what Danny just said goes double for me. I say again, so articulate and filled with invigorating street language. Congratulations with what you have accomplished and many, many more. Again, for our audiences, the book is called Crushing It. And uh, what is the name of the app that you designed? Um, it's so uh, on my website. It's just my first and last name, CourtneyOlson.com, and is an app. I've got four different programs. My main one is called Get Massive. And I'm all about people adding size and taking up space instead of trying to shrink to look like Kate Moss. No offense, Kate. Hashtag not your competition. But you know, I've got a free watermelon crushing program on my website. It's an eight-week at-home training program. Uh, which of course is a funnel that leads you to all sorts of other shit. But yeah, I'm, I'm really big into, you know, promoting strength training and getting bigger and not, not shrinking. So all that is on the website. And, you know, from my website, you can find the clothing and the book and, you know, miscellaneous shit. <laughs> you know what, Courtney, I remember during COVID looking at your Instagram and I think you, you might've gone through something where you hadn't worked out in a while. And yeah, you were just, yeah, when I uh, published my book, my thyroid shit the bed again from the stress and yeah, I didn't work out for like three months. You yeah. came back so fast and I still, I'm so in awe of how fast you came back. Cause I was looking at you and you, you're, you don't have any problem showing cellulite or rolls or anything. Not that you have, but you know, you don't mind 
doing the wrong angle, basically, we'll say. Um, and I was amazed when I'm like, how does she get so hard so fast? Because you really did. And I was wondering with your workouts, I haven't worked out in, well, <laughs> five years, maybe a while. No, it's, it's, it hasn't been that long. I just have had a lot of issues. Neck surgery two years ago. You know, it's just been one thing after another. So do you have any programs for people like me where I don't, wouldn't hurt myself getting started? I've got, um, like our body fit program is based off of your body weight and some light weights. It's designed to be done at home. It's a, and we got a beginner track. So it's a great segue into, um, training. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. And you have a clothing company. And what's the website to that? That is P-R-R-R-L.com. So it's girl spelled very special. And, and that's, uh, yeah, that's our, our clothing line. And we don't use sizes. So people get on there and be like, what the hell is this? You know, so our uh, sizing is based off of athletes' names and body types as opposed to stigma that a dude made up in the 1940s from the department of agriculture so women have to actually measure themselves to figure out if they're amanda heather or shape heidi heidi is canada's arm wrestling champion you know she just loves dudes she's amazing but she would be more of an equivalent of like say a 3xl or something like that right so instead of being like Oh, I have to be this number, which has got this negative connotation to it. It's like, oh, I get to be a Heidi. I'm like this six foot tall arm wrestler, you know? So Gosh, that's cool. Cool. And because of that, we've been able to, you know, our uh, return rate is less than 2%. And we've also transcended, you know, the global um, sizing issue because we're a global brand. So if you're in Canada or Australia, you know, in Australia, you're like a eight to 10 or you know, so. <laughs> across the board, here's who you are, you know, um, and just focusing on what our body could do as opposed to what it, what it looks like. So it's a, it's a really cool deal, you know, mm-hmm. so the opportunity to share that stuff. Cause that's, that's always helpful, you know, is I keep the revenue coming in to keep the shit rolling. <laughs> Absolutely. The hard times come knocking. Right. Very proud of you. You're amazing. And uh, thank you so much for You're coming. You're one tough cookie girl. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully if you're... we'll have a meetup at some point. I don't know, so I can oh, give you a hug. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, Folks, this has been a Doing It Sober Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow Danny on Fireside at www.fireside forward slash Daniela Park. Alternatively, you can follow me as well, fireside.com forward slash Chris Nell. We'd like to thank you as well for the downloads. We've been seeing great influx of uh, downloads of this podcast. It's been a tremendous privilege for us to uh, create it. Well, the idea is actually Danny. I'm just uh, the passenger. And thanks again, Courtney. You're a superstar in our eyes. Look after yourself. I will. Thank you, guys. You have a great one. You too. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye.